Welcome to True and Unpolished. Through this podcast, our intention is to uplift, amuse, and inspire you to create more of a life you'll love. Let's get authentic, everybody. So, hey, everybody, maybe. Um, Mary and I uh, had planned to record the podcast today, and then Mary's a little under the weather, and then we decided maybe we'd just have a, a friend call and some of the things that I want to tell her in the friend call, I was saving for the podcast. And so we're doing some raw audio that may or may not ever reach your ears. But just in case you're listening to True and Unpolished, and this is Mary and Lydia, uh, I had an inspiration to talk about. So my family and I went on a vacation and um, it was a best vacation we've had yet which is great because they keep getting better. Uh, And part of that is due to my husband and I doing couples therapy. And I say that with his permission because we have decided that, you know, therapy is so stigmatized that we want to be models for the fact that it does not need to be stigmatized. And you don't have to be in crisis uh, to reach out for help. I mean, part of being in a spousal relationship for any length of time means that you're going to inevitably have conflict. So in any case, uh, that is part of why this vacation went so well. Uh, we set our intention before we went. And what we always know is that like, if our intention is to have fun on the vacation, then what we say is, okay, how are, are what is our intention? How, how are we going to show up to make sure that we have fun? So the intention is first, we want to have fun, uh, but how do we need to show up? So then we set the intention of how we're going to show up, which is, you know, flexible and light and lighthearted and easygoing, uh, those kinds of things. So we did that. Um, and then, and then I said, so when we get into an argument, because it's not if, it's when, when you're <laughs> in a spousal relationship, that's straight from our counselor, uh, we need our tools. Like she's given us these tools, these worksheets, and they're all from Gottman and guys like Google Gottman. It's awesome. Like they're just amazing researchers and have come up with some really amazing tools for couples. So I said, oh, should I get the tools? And he's like, yeah. And then we realized that they're on our phone because she's emailed them to us. So we had them on our phone. So we didn't need, because I've literally like printed them out and laminated copies for both of us. So we didn't bring the laminated copies, but we did have them on our phone. That sounds like a lot of fun, by the way. I know. (laughs) Make sure you bring your laminated copies for when you get an argument. Uh, Sounds like a blast. Uh, so we went and where we went was like a water park hotel and which is not necessarily my cup of tea. Um, but this was a father's day trip. And so Keith, my husband got to choose like where we went and this is what he chose. And it was great. Like from the moment we walk into this water park, I like, it's the energy in the room is one of just like sheer joy, like kids dancing, like water's coming from everywhere. I love water parks. I mean, they make me so happy. I truly 
think that um, water park is the one of the funnest places on earth, one of the funnest things to do. And my friend Juliet and I came up with this um, plan that we were going to be water park, water slide testers. Like that was what our job was going to be. Yeah. And we only tested for fun, not safety. I love it. I love, and I know that because you've told me. So here's what I did. When I went down the slides, I went down, there were two huge slides and I have two sons. So I went down four times, you know, one, you know, each son, each slide. Uh, and the whole time in my head, I was saying, Mary would do this. Mary would say this was fun. Mary would have fun doing this. This is fun because Mary loves doing this. Like, this is what I'm saying. And you have to walk up like four stories because it's that high. Yeah. I mean, these slides are not like kitty slides. They are like roller coaster slides. Well, did you ride any of the kitty slides too? Well, I did or not. Just the two big I did, ones. I you did, just... I did the big. That was it. And the lazy like, river. I did go the big or river. go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and which was more fun, the lazy river or the slides? Um. So, so the lazy river was more my speed, <laughs> but the fun came from the reaction from my kids with mm-hmm. me doing the slides like I got the joy from them because they were so excited that I was gonna do you know the slides. Well, what did they do what did they do well I mean well the first thing first of all okay so you know the water park is huge and you get really tired when you're you know doing this stuff and so yeah. the kids I was like the second day and I had pro- they said you know, are you going to do the slides? They like made me go on record, like before we leave, will you do these slides? And I was like, yes, before we leave, I will do the slides. Now this is only day two, but the kids are getting like kind of over the water park thing because they've been right for it's a few t- days for like, eight we need hours. something new and exciting now. Yeah. Like they were really yeah. wanting something new and exciting. And what they normally do is they'll like jump in the hot tub and get warm, but they couldn't do that because it was 16 and above only in the hot tub, which is another thing like bookmark that because I want to tell you about that. Um, okay. They would normally go just warm up real quick and then get back into the pool, but they couldn't do that because there's this big gate around it and signs like 16 and above and whatever. So is it cold? Was it cold inside the water park? No, I mean, 80, it was 85 degrees inside, but when you're in the water without any break, you know, the water is heated, but after hours and hours, it's cold, you know, you get cold because you got to have a moment to warm up. So I said, um, I'm noticing they're getting antsy. They're talking about the arcade, which is not included in the price of the hotel. And I was like, it, day two is way too early to be going to the arcade. Uh, I said, okay, guys, I'll do the slides. And they're like, yes. And so, you know, they both take off, right? And yeah. Kai grabs one of the double, you know, things. Um, that's my oldest son, grabs one of the double, like, tubey things. 
And we walk up there. I like, first of all, right in front of us is like the, this big man and the teeniest little girl I'd ever seen. Like she was probably, I mean, she was in like the wet diapers, you know, swim diapers. Maybe she's going to do the slide. Yeah. And she is like, not even thinking about, she's like hopping on and they're having to like stop her to get her to like wait a minute so her dad can like get situated or whatever and I'm thinking okay this little girl is not scared and Mary would say this is fun and da, 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 da. And I'm going through the whole thing and I'm like asking the girl up like at the top of the side like which way is like is there a front way and a back way and like who needs to be and I'm asking all the rules of like how this can be right okay? and he's like mom it's good I got it I know how to do it you know because he's already yeah. been down a billion times with his dad and with right. his brother. And so, um, he gets in the front and I get in the back and, um, scream the entire way down. Like you can hear I heard like, the video. Yeah. I posted the video on true, our true and unpolished group, Facebook group. And like, I was hopeful that you could hear the screaming because that's you could hear the screaming right. and, and the laughing of your husband afterwards. <laughs> yes, exactly. It made everybody really, really happy. But I noticed that my youngest son wasn't there, right? And and my older son's like, okay, come on, next one, you know, because there's two slots, right? So now we right. need to do the yellow one. And we go up and we do the yellow one and I scream again. <laughs> and of for course. some reason, the float never stops. It like puts me every time directly into the lazy river. It's like the universe knows that I want to go to the lazy river. And so it just kept trying to get me to go over to the lazy river. And well, that's good. Yeah, it was, except for the fact that I could not get out of the double thing. You can't just But you get didn't out. have to because you were going to go straight to the lazy river. Well, right? but the problem with the lazy river is that there are buckets that then dump water at certain points over your head so I have to have my feet on the ground so that I can time it so the buckets don't dump on my head okay like because that is not fun no and like and they're no (laughs) what were the three things that you said at the beginning what what three like what were y'all gonna do to be yeah, flexible to have fun. I know. And I the easy going I was and I but I also did time. I never ever got dumped with a bucket, not once. But no, because I timed it on the lazy river. No, but I will well, that, that might have been fun, but I don't I don't really not I don't really like to get oh, the kids loved it. Either. Like they on purpose timed it so that they could be dumped with of course. Water. And I, and I, yeah, exactly. Watching. Okay. So, so my youngest son, he had disappeared, but he had run as soon as I said, I'm going to do the slides. And I said, where were you? I was doing the slides. And he said, right. I couldn't see you. And I realized my youngest son's autistic. Like he has no interest in seeing me come out of a slide. Like to him, do the only benefit to doing the slide is doing it with him yeah uh, and so and that I, I was told that by my husband and I went oh yeah right okay I said okay youngest son let's let's go you and I do it and then he was stoked and so we did both and so he just left because he had better things to do well he left because of the excitement of I said I'm gonna do this and he's like ah and he just runs because it was like ah 
yeah, she's going to do the slide. And then I think he probably even forgot like why he was excited in the first place. Yeah. One of the things that I noticed is I was, so one of the things that I had decided to do while I was there is really and truly anytime I felt any inkling of like negative emotion or resistance, I was going to say to myself, this is on purpose, not just the moment and whatever I was doing, but the negative feeling or Mm -hmm. the way I was feeling. So instead of like the bucket, fill it up with water. Right, right. So instead of just the actual circumstance being on purpose, which I'm actually really practiced at, it was the negative feeling is, right? And so I'm looking around, I'm sitting, I'm looking around and I just had the sheer joy of these people. And I recognize that I am looking at their inside, outsides and comparing them to my insides. But I can say that energetically, you can tell that these people are in total joy, you know, parents, yeah. children, young, old, whatever. And I had the thought, but I'm not that. I'm not joyful like that right now. And then mm. came the why, like, why am I not? And like this new awareness came to me that had been all the time in my thoughts, because my oldest is 10 years old, he's 10 and a half, that thought was that from the moment I became a parent, there is a voice that has been inside of my head that says, don't F this up. Don't F this up. And I recognize that this is not relegated to just parenthood. That I think this is can be a universal experience for everybody. Right. And I didn't know that this heaviness that I had been experiencing was from that voice, that right. don't F this up voice. And I was curious when I wanted to talk to you about this, about if you can pinpoint that voice in you and what it's about. Like, can you? You're so freaking light, though. I, like, I always I think you as so light that I don't. I would, I would say I don't. I mean, I don't. Ha- my voice doesn't sound like that. I mean, but I do have. I have a voice that is more like it's my voice is stay small. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like be stay small because I um I actually have this picture that I uh, found recently and I'll show it to you we can post it on the um on the site but it's a picture of me laughing I'm with um my siblings and I am laughing it's like a classic picture of a cartoon character that throws their head back yeah her head is thrown back and she's mouth wide open yeah like in this tremendous laughter like the funniest thing you've ever seen right and I asked my sister about it and she was like yeah you were that's how you were I was little I was probably four or five in that when that picture was taken with my head just like wide open I think there what's happened in my life in the moments where I'm like fully 
open and present and alive and laughing, then something has followed that was traumatic right after. And so, so what I've done and really what I have intentionally done in um, the last, well, since my daughter was born, because that really began my conscious, what I've intentionally done is chosen to uncover that, uncover that laughter, uncover that sunshine that is truly who I am at my core. Yeah, and it's that's how I see all you. are. That's how but, I see you. That's how I see you. Well, I think I'm able to uncover that easily with you because you allow me and and honor that part of me, but I don't do that with everybody. And I don't do that in every situation. I mean, you've seen, you've witnessed me in situations where I I'm closed off. Sure. Um, And there are certain times and with certain people that I'm, I'm truly closed off with, but but it is something intentional that I do, but the voice in my head is stay small. Wow. If you shine, if you are your most beautiful, most authentic self, then someone may hurt you or something may happen to take that away. So just stay small. Right. That's what my voice says. So the shoe drops. It's so really, it's the same thing. Because for me, it's the shoe drops. Like, don't F this up or the shoe drops. And yours is stay small or the shoe drops. And I can say that prior to kids, my voice was don't be so dramatic. Because I was told that over and over again as a kid. Because I love theater and I was loud, and I actually intend to ask my mom and my sister about their memories of me as a kid when I visit South Carolina in August, because I want to see if they remember when that stopped, like when did that light go out, and see if I can figure out what that was about, Um, but I think that the voice got replaced um, with the kids. Like I know that it did and it's don't F this up. And it has a lot to do. And I say this all the time, but I recognize that my parents were doing the best they could with what they had from where they were. And, you know, my father was very sick uh, physically and mentally. My mother had to go to work and she was surviving And it was, I was on my own, you know, that's where I learned to retreat into my head and to disassociate and to, you know, like it's safe here in my head, in my imagination. Yeah, you create a fantasy world in your mind because that's better than the life that you're living. Right. And you know, what's so funny is it's like the, the fantasy world in my mind is, is the water park in materiality you know what I mean like so the actual so you would create a water park as your fantasy that you would go to well in but well so it's not literally so my fantasy was actually always Gilligan's Island that I was on Gilligan's Island with Marianne and the professor and the skipper and Gilligan and I had a cottage there too 
and we would, you know, get in all these hilarious little, um, you know, scenes of trying to figure our way out of the island, but then they wouldn't work yeah. and the coconut radio, you know, wouldn't reach land, you know, that sort of thing. So I did it through TV. And I think that that what happened is it became a crutch. And so now, um, you know, since the pandemic, I went back to that. I went for 10 years without watching anything, no TV, very few movies to now, you know, binge watching as a way of retreating as a way of associating Um, and that was that was that coincided with the start of the pandemic right yeah yeah it was about a month into the pandemic when I started to because I was around people all the time and I was around them and remember the voice in my head said don't f this up so I was constantly running on stress and pressure and heaviness of and then you know I had a son who you know at 18 months was diagnosed with suspected autism spectrum disorder we found out he had a chromosomal anomaly he was you know at that time he was banging his head on any hard thing he could find I would have to put my body between he and whatever the surface was you know there was a lot of stress there but the truth was had that not been there I just, I don't think I'd have been any less stressed because the voice in my head began with my older son's birth. Don't F this up. So I think what I would say, the good news is that you've uncovered it and I've uncovered, you know, to, because a lot of times we don't even know what the voice is. Right. So one of the reasons why mindfulness is helpful is because then you're aware, you right. increase your awareness, but then we have all this unconscious stuff that that's why, you know, art therapy and other forms of expressive, um, yeah, therapies or, you know, you don't have to be in therapy for art to work either music, drama, you know, dance, any of that stuff can be so helpful. And, and, and one of my favorites is exploring dream work. When we begin to uncover that, like first we practice mindfulness and then we begin to be aware and then we can kind of uncover these underlying subconscious or unconscious beliefs. And then we can choose what we're going to do with it. Yeah. So that's where, you know, we've talked about the thinker and the prover and, and so our unconscious beliefs are there. So you don't F this up or you're going to F this up. You're probably going to F this up, Lydia, you know, that's the unconscious belief. And so your, your prover sets out to show how you've F this up all the time. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the goal with that is to look for the opposite evidence that the opposite is true, but also I think, um, coming up with another affirmation. Yeah. So look at, you know, look at all the ways that you are succeeding in parenting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, My therapist we, said it this way and I loved it. She's from the South too. And she happens to live in Wisconsin. <laughs> so I love this about her because she and I, we speak the same language. And she said, yeah. listen, um, you're worried about effing up your kids. And let me tell you that you already have. So it's right. over. There's nothing you can do about it. You've already done it. 
And so That's now good. move on. You know what I mean? Like that, because yeah. I've been in a state, what I recognize is that I've been in a state of hypervigilance since they were born, but I was in a state of hypervigilance as a child. And that was my fuel um, right. because of what was going on then. And so this state of hypervigilance is, you know, my baseline, you know, it's what I know. Right. And so what mindfulness, you know, over the last 15 or so odd years has done is, you know, make me aware of the difference between me and the hypervigilance. Like I'm no longer one with it, you know, just right. like, and you're watching it instead of right living right. it or being immersed in it. Right. Well, right. and I think, I think that, you know, mindfulness now is a, a household term, right? People in general, people know what mindfulness is. They're more likely, people are more likely to meditate or practice in some form. They've learned ways to incorporate it more often than certainly than when I first learned about it and first started exactly. teaching it. And so now I think it is understanding that it's not everything. If it were, then, you know, 2000 plus year or however many thousand years later, because it's an ancient practice, then we'd all be fine. Yeah, right. Well, exactly. Mindfulness was the only thing. And I had a client, he called me Miss Mary, and he was like, you know, Miss Mary, mindfulness isn't everything. You know, like he would get <laughs> so mad at me every time I would bring it up. Mindfulness is the foundation, but then there's all this stuff underneath. Yeah. And so recognizing that, and I, that's kind of something that's been on my mind and what this conversation is making me kind of thinking about, thinking about is there's all this stuff like a Pandora's box kind of thing underneath. Um, but the mindfulness helps me become aware of it. Yeah. And well, so let me just say too about the it's purposeful practice that I practice while while there. Um, yes. I want to, I'm going to give an example of where because you embrace um, a situation or a feeling as purposeful, it doesn't mean that you don't change. I actually believe that when you fully acknowledge that what is happening uh, within you and your emotions and your mind and externally is purposeful, then the next right action actually happens by itself. And an example of this is that we, I got the exciting task of deciding where we ate every night. And my very favorite thing, like if I had a favorite thing on the planet, it is eating out. I love it. I always have, even before kids. Um, eating out is my favorite thing. And so I got to pick, you know, where we ate out and we were really conservative in the mornings and in the afternoons so that we could have this dinner out. And in our family, when we eat out, that's when I get to be fun because I love it so much. Uh, and we play hangman and Pictionary and like, we always bring in a notebook and everybody yeah. takes a turn. Like we have the most fun when we go out as a family huh. to eat. And um, so I had picked this place. It was the second night, same night. Um, and we walk in and from the second we walk in, 
I can feel that this is not the place like energetically, this is not it. Like, and we all get to the table and I'm looking at the faces of my family and their face says the exact same thing that my heart says, which is, this is not the place. So they pour the water, right. Uh And give us the menus and they walk away. And I said, this doesn't feel right. And each one of them said something about why they thought it wasn't right. And, um, what did they say? I'm just (laughs) my one son said, it's too dark. My other son said it's fancy. And I'm not going to tell you what my husband said, um, (laughs) (laughs) in my ear. Uh, so I said, so I, in that moment, I said, this is on purpose. Like this moment is on purpose. And what happened, I embraced it. I embraced the feeling like it wasn't on the right energetic space. I embraced that all all of us were feeling this. I embraced that this was where we were sitting and there were menus in front of us. And so the waitress with her big eyes, the beautiful waitress, sweet young waitress comes and says, can I start you with something to drink? And I looked at her and I said, you know, honey, I think we're going to go. And she looked crushed. She was like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I take too long? And I said, no, you did not do anything wrong. It's just, this isn't the right fit for us. This place just isn't fun. What I said is, this isn't the right fit for us. And she said, are you sure? Is there anything I can do? Like she's giving me and like people pleasing part of me. And I went, no, there's nothing you can do you know, we're, we're going to go. And so we all stand up and we were at the back of a restaurant and the, and the kitchen is glass. So even yeah. the people making the food are watching us walk out of the restaurant that we just walked into, you know, yeah. five or 10 minutes ago. And we got outside and my husband said, I am so proud of you. Yeah, I said me too, because he said there was a time where there would have been no way on this planet that you would have let her that waitress even have her feelings hurt for a minute. You know, it's like, and I, I remember Brene Brown saying, look, just tell the truth, you know, like instead of when you see a person on the street saying you know, let's get together sometime when you don't mean it. You say, it was good to see you. Moment of uncomfortableness, walk away. And that was right. what it was. It was, this isn't the right fit for us, which I had to say three times. Moment of uncomfortableness as we walked through. And then it was over. And we went, and we went to a restaurant that was perfect. And we got a table by the window of downtown and we played hangman yeah. and Pictionary and it was everything. Yeah. Yeah. With my, with well, my. so I just wanted to mention that this is a great example of radical acceptance because a lot of times people think that radical acceptance is about like when you accept accept something you agree with it right and don't change right yeah you don't you don't have to agree agree with it you don't have to like it but 
Right, right. Accepting that there's purpose in whatever the experience is actually opens the door to changing it. That's right. And when I in an effective way. And I did. I said in my mind, this is on purpose, all of it. And so an old interpretation, maybe even two years ago, my interpretation would have been it's on purpose that we're at this restaurant. So that means we're supposed to eat at this restaurant. Um, And because I knew that I was embracing all of it, I was embracing the emotions, not just the reality of the situation, but the emotions and the feelings. I said, it's on purpose. I said this to myself. And then I just did the next right action and was later able to go over it with my husband and and really see the ways in which my practice, my intentional practice of self-love showed up because I have practiced now for a, a, a long time, but definitely for a year to two mm-hmm. of not giving myself away anymore, like yeah. loving Lydia and showing up for her and recognizing that my number one job is to show up for her. And so I did it, you know, moment of uncomfortableness, walk away you know very good yeah and there's even more to talk about with breaking the rules but we are out of time so oh yeah that's motivation to break the rules which is the m and more yes i know broke the rules yeah yeah the rules of convention like yes but there's even more breaking the rules stuff i want to talk to you about because you inspire me to break the rules and the way you do is because you show me that the rules are ridiculous and so i yeah so yeah so we we've run out of time uh i I think you guys are going to hear this i think we're just going to give you raw audio yeah we'll, we'll see how this went you just listened to a lydia and mary friend conversation this is us this is exactly what we would have said had you not been listening. So you got the best of us and the best of our relationship. So thanks for listening. We'll see what happens next.